0: Welcome to Long Story Long, the podcast where we sit down with small business owners and local creatives to share their stories. We're having honest conversations about their process, how they got their start, and anything along the way that begins with Long Story Long. I'm your host, Ashton Warner, co-founder of Ava Collective and creator of the Buffalo-based clothing line ARW. And today, I couldn't be more excited to speak with Gretchen Myers. She is the owner and head designer of Peg's Hardware, creating contemporary jewelry pieces with the perfect mix of craftsmanship and elegance. From experimental shapes to classic silhouettes, Pegs has truly grown to be a staple with any and all wardrobes. For the past 11 years with the brand, Gretchen has truly become an inspiration to not only the jewelry and fashion space, but the makers community as a whole. Throughout the years, as a business owner, I've been fortunate enough to work with Gretchen on many occasions, and I am honored to call her my friend. So, without further ado, please welcome Gretchen. Hi, oh Ashton, you cry. It was so nice. I feel the same way about you. Oh, love it. Like people like you make the makers' space worth it. Oh, thank you. That is really the nicest thing
1: anyone's ever said to me. Um, I mean I'm honored i'm i'm happy that makes me happy because I certainly try mm-hmm. you know to be as inclusive as possible and help as many people as i can at least through my trial
0: and error totally <laughs> many years totally yeah yeah year 11 oh
1: my god <laughs> you know it's it's wild to think about I'm actually i i guess technically probably in year 12 oh goodness well 2011 is really kind of when I started Started, but the tag, mm, I don't count it until October, September of 2012. So, okay, that was kind of like the first show. Got it, got it. Um, but everything happened so organically that it was, you know, I'm like, what (laughs) blink, and it's (laughs) 11 years. I'm like, what?
0: Well, we'll get into it all. Oh, I'm sure. Okay, but first, we simply must warm up.
1: Okay, let's do it warm up, (laughs) stretch those hammies.
0: Let's go back to kindergarten. Little five-year-old Gretchen, what did you want to be when you grew up?
1: Oh, okay. So five. I don't even know if I can remember. (laughs) I do remember when I was in third grade, so it would be about nine. I wanted to be a farmer with my best friend, Lissa. I think we must have been learning about farms, and I love the idea of having all those animals. And then at some point also archaeologists popped in there. Ooh. There was some sort of... I, I really loved the idea of, of finding hidden treasures. I
0: like so it.
1: that was... Those are the first memories of what I wanted to do.
0: Did you go to Pendixie as a kid? No. What is that? Again, this could be like a fever dream, but... <laughs> no, I don't know why I said again. <laughs> How many fever but dreams do you have? A lot. Oh, okay. um, but... Like in Blaisdell, it's called Pendixie. Oh. It's like a little site where you can dig for fossils. Huh. And I remember going there as a kid because I went to Big Tree.
1: Okay. No, but if it still <laughs>
0: exists, I would love to check it out with the boys. Uh, we must, Someone has to fact yeah, check me because yes. I also feel like I w- I've only been there since I was a little kid. And I feel like as a little kid, I was like, this is amazing. I'm sure it's amazing. <laughs> okay. oh, I
1: always wanted to go to like Herkimer, New York to do that. You can, yeah, yeah mine Herkimer diamonds and i think that'd be kind of cool.
0: That would be cool. Yeah. You're harvesting jewelry so we can say yeah, you're farming so. yeah. farmer. Pretend of the space. That, yeah,
1: <laughs> Let's pretend i'm digging up my own gems and refining them and yeah. polishing and cutting and yeah. 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 Well i would i seriously though that would be there's a uh place in australia called broken river mining and they mine boulder opals and they're beautiful and you i think i think you can go out there and like go on like a tour to do something like that and that would be like a bucket list thing for sure yeah it'd be very cool to mine your own boulder opal and then use it in a
0: piece have you been to australia no me neither no too long
1: very long (laughs) very very long like you know what is it i mean new zealand is like the furthest point from us or something yeah they're not they're not far from that (laughs)
0: I mean, isn't it like at least a twenty-hour flight? I'm Probably making that something out. like that. I mean,
1: yeah. insane. And they have giant bugs, so they I'm, do. I'm not on board with that. I don't. A lot of critters. I don't need the Jurassic Park of bugs. No, thank you. <laughs> no thanks. <laughs> I'm good.
0: All right, but All right. anyway, next question. <laughs> As a now very successful jewelry designer. What is one thing in your career that you are especially proud of?
1: Oh. I'm I guess I I would honestly have to say I'm I'm proud that I'm in that I've made it as far as I have. It was never in my intention for it to become what it has been. I started this as a hobby, as a therapy, as a outlet during a time of transition and it just kept going. And I think that I got the bug and I realized very quickly that I might not be, uh, somebody that was made to work for somebody else. It was always destined to be my own boss because I can do the hustle. And that still is, is in me. The idea of working for somebody else will constantly drive me and will forever drive me. I think, um, even when I'm like oh I don't want to do it anymore <laughs> or like having like a you know <laughs> it's hard you know there's the pros and cons with both totally so, totally Yeah.
0: what would you say is your favorite part of the small business community here in Buffalo
1: oh there's honestly Buffalo is amazing it's really hard to kind of I think pinpoint one thing because I do have to say that the community is incredibly kind and generous and supportive um I think it's kinda of cool because when you are out there in the community, whether it's a pop-up or a show of some sort, you're having like a very direct and meaningful impact, you know, whether it's with one person or whether it's with a group of people or, you know, the community as a whole, you're you are out there, you're mingling with them, you're talking to them, you're getting feedback from them. And I think that is one of the greatest um, things and, and certainly what kind of like keeps you hungry to keep going and coming up with new ideas and keeping things fresh, trying to at least. But Buffalo as a whole, as a community is, is, I mean, I couldn't have done this anywhere else. I don't think you really need that support system that first year that you're in business. It's crucial. So, I mean, I've lived many places, but Pegs, it could have only happened in Buffalo and I'm happy it did yeah <laughs> where else have you lived oh man I've lived in Philadelphia I've lived in Cincinnati and in Chicago almost Boulder but didn't didn't pull the trigger but yeah those three cities I've
0: wow yeah very cool yep this was
1: one like recently or when you were a kid oh no so uh college went to school in Philadelphia for a year and then didn't enjoy it so I transferred to a school in Cincinnati and loved it and was there for a few years after I graduated and then came back to Buffalo and then did a postgraduate in Chicago at 27 so I was there for a few years and came back again I think there's there's a pan and poster that I have and it's the spirit of Niagara and it's underneath it says the seductress that eventually lures us all home and I'm like yeah that's Pretty, pretty spot on. Whoa. Yeah. What phrasing? I know, right? The seductress. <laughs> Buffalo. Two things you wouldn't think would be paired together. No. no. But
0: it always does. Very cool. Yeah. Are you ready for your fourth mystery my question? My mystery,
1: my, my asterisk random mystery question.
0: <laughs> the asterisks are for spooky. Yes. <laughs> They're smoke. Good. They're smoke. Great. <laughs> very appropriate time of year. Well, excellent segue. Okay. Because we are recording a bit before Halloween, but this will come out the week after Halloween, which is fine. It's okay. But, growing up, what is mm, maybe either your favorite Halloween costume or like the one that you most remember?
1: Oh, okay. Favorite Halloween costume is probably my mother made me a jester costume out of white and black bridal satin it was awesome it was awesome and she even like i had the tights i had this like you know dress situation she made the hat that like curved up that had stuffing in it and the little booties that went over the shoes it was really very cool um that was probably my favorite she was always she always prided herself on making halloween costumes and drapes oh and those are the two things that and that was pretty much it that was her sewing ability but she did those well and uh she also made me an orange crayon when i was five <laughs> which was very cool <laughs> out of felt so i would say favorite and most memorable would be those two
0: perfect yeah i love it yeah well what was yours i was thinking about this on the way over um i was um Josie from Josie and the Pussycats. Oh, nice. Um, I always wanted to be like sassy girlies. So yeah. I, was, I was in a pop star a different year. And I remember we went to the Boulevard Mall to meet the Winx Club. I don't know if you're familiar.
1: I This is where I'm, my age is showing through. I don't know about the Winx. I know about Barney. It's probably before your time also. Oh, no. I was in the Barney fan okay. club.
0: <laughs> okay. They were just like, I think it was a show on like... Maybe even PBS. <laughs> but it was like girlies who were like, who got to be fairies, but they were like sassy and they were little crop tops.
1: Oh, see, that's very cute.
0: So they just hired some teenagers to go to the Boulevard Mall to meet children.
1: <laughs> oh, okay. Not creepy at all. <laughs> Definitely not creepy at all. Oh my God, that's amazing.
0: And I got to, it was like a Halloween thing, I so I wore were my so costume. so cute. The lash yeah. center. Did, so did you sew you? it yourself? Goodness no. Okay. <laughs> I probably learned... I started sewing when I was probably like eight or nine.
1: That's still pretty young.
0: Yeah, but we just made like pajama pants. It wasn't anything crazy.
1: Hey, more than I could do now, man. <laughs> more than I could do now.
0: But yeah, I was also Pocahontas, which is bad. Ooh.
1: Well, <laughs> it's not very PC. The no, cancel culture would not be happy with you. But as a child before that totally, totally totally fine yeah I know I'm trying to think I was a senorita ooh uh, yep I was a senorita <laughs> one year I'm trying to think of like oh my god I can't even I'm like I'm trying to think of all these costumes as an adult Wednesday Addams I liked oh that's coming that. back I did that did you watch the show I did not watch the show and I feel like I should because I keep getting recommendations to did you watch the show
0: I did are you a person who um, watches things while they work? Sometimes. I used to be
1: hardcore. It depends on what I'm doing now because I right. find myself getting so distracted. But if I'm doing something super tedious like sewing pin- pennies onto cards, yeah, yeah. which is the bane of my existence, <laughs> then yes, I will watch something.
0: It's a good show to watch while you're working.
1: Okay. It's one yeah. that you don't have to like super pay attention to. Yeah,
0: I think the story is like... Yeah. Pretty diluted
1: enough that you can. Yeah. Okay. Good job. Yeah.
0: I'll have to check that out. I mean, I feel like we're just so busy. Though, like, to sit down and watch a show is a commitment. Well, exactly.
1: <laughs> well, I used to work after, my gosh, like, even after my first, after Ollie was born, we would put him down and we'd go back to work. And we still go back to work to some capacity after the kids are down, but nothing to the extent of. I won't produce unless I absolutely have to, like I'm stuck. I'll do like, you know, computer stuff and that will be in front of the TV mostly, you know, whether it's like reorder materials or whatever it is, nothing that takes too much brain power. Totally. But yeah, I mean, you know, as a, as a small business owner, it it doesn't ever, you don't ever not work. Oh goodness. No. You're just... (laughs) always thinking about it all the time <laughs> yeah forever and ever yeah
0: and then like if like if you feel like the day is done and you're just like I could just do one more thing to set myself up for tomorrow yeah a hundred percent yeah yeah it's crazy mm-hmm. I feel you in that one well let's get into it all right let's do it let's get into the real questions so take me back to like the start of your career post high school pre-pegs where were you at I was,
1: where was I at? Okay, so I was working in nonprofits. I worked at hospice was my first job out of college. I worked in the kind of foundation side, so event planning, fundraising. And then I got a job similar to that at Make-A-Wish doing, you know, pretty much the same thing. And while I was doing that, they threw me on this p- program called Quark, which is, essentially, like the first iteration of um, InDesign, like Adobe InDesign. And I really loved it. And I kind of did it well. And I, I picked it up quickly. So I was like, Oh, I like graphic design. So I decided to go back to school for graphic design. And I moved to Chicago at 27 and went to a school there for like a two year postgraduate degree. And when I moved back, I got a job at an ad agency, but it, it was hard. I didn't love it. I, it was, it was a definitely a different transition going from like a mission based job to like a for profit, you know, like
0: sell, sell, sell,
1: sell, sell. sell, And there was no, there was nothing feeding the soul kind of thing. It was more soul sucking than anything. And it, I graduated in 2008 my dad, it's so funny, he's like, Congratulations. You have now graduated in two recessions. <laughs> I graduated in two thousand and two, right after nine eleven. And I graduated in two thousand and eight, right when the stock market, like, you know, hit the hit the ground again. So it didn't filter to Buffalo until about a year or two after. And I since I was the last one hired, I was the first one kind of let go. But it was a blessing in disguise because there was a lot going on in my life at that point. I was 30, 31 and everything was in flux. I was in a huge state of transition and I definitely was, it was kind of as if the universe was like, hey, you're not like paying attention to all the signs. Mm -hmm. So we're gonna like pull the rug out from underneath you and reset you a bit. And it really was great because as much as it is hard to kind of, you know, crash and burn a bit out of that came pegs and then things started transpiring after that but when I first started pegs it was you know I found the, these toolbox of beads and tools that I had been messing around with in what, high school and I just started making stuff it's like a outlet therapy whatever And I had worked at half and half on and off for 16 years. So I was very good friends with the owner at the time, Debbie Seidel, who let me put it up in the cash wrap. And it was not good. It was bad. It was bad. But, you know, everyone's got to search somewhere. What do you mean? Oh, my God. I mean, it was... Well, it was not all bad. It it was all over the place, you know. And I used... I used materials that I should have never used and (laughs) I had no idea what I was doing. Right. But it sold and, you know, it kind of fueled, you know, onward and upward. And then there was a, a big learning curve with, you know, education, a lot of trial and error, a lot of YouTube, being self taught, learning about materials, learning where to source materials, working, hiring, you know, other jewelers to like help kind of like train me. You know, I took us actually a class at Buff State as a non-matriculated student in the for like s- silversmithing. So there was a yeah, there was a lot that happened in between then and now to get me, <laughs> thank God, to where I am now. But there's still so much more. Oh my gosh, so much more learning to go. Yeah, yeah. So
0: so were you always under the name Peg's Hardware?
1: I was always under the name Pegs Hardware. So it started as a packaging project for that graphic design school where I needed to come up with something uh, packaging-wise. And I had, again, I had that, always had jewelry in the back of my brain. And so I I made, there was, do you remember Sears had a commercial about the softer side of Sears where they, they sold like actual like, you know, nightgowns and clothing and like women's wear and things like that. And and they would call it the softer side of Sears.
0: What a strange concept. I know, I know.
1: But for some reason that stuck in my head and I like the play off of the word and I like the idea of using hardware for more of a fine wear. Mm -hmm. Um, And my grandmother was the one who kind of inspired essentially the line because she had given me my, my quote-unquote seed money at 14, which was $100, which is a lot of money when you're 14. Totally, and, totally. And um, I just, I, I had made these brushed aluminum containers. They're actually in there. I can show you. And the jewelry, when you unscrew them, suspended from it. But I used hardware store elements also. I used chain from the hardware store and I paired it with, you know, beads. And then when you know fast forward a few years after that and I started you know actually doing it I didn't have a name and I was like well like how far is this gonna go so I kept it and it went from peg hardware to pegs hardware and and now I'm it's funny now I'm wrestling with it a little bit but that's the name as a whole well the name is tough because in terms of like and and this is where my brain goes in terms of the graphics for it and like Mm -hmm. logos and styling and things like that and like collateral I have a short word with an apostrophe and a very long word and it's difficult it's difficult to design with that so at some point hardware might be dropped in terms of the logo and it just might be pegs okay so I mean that's yeah way in the future so not something right now but yeah, that's kind of how. All
0: right, you were started. you were scaring me. I thought you were no, changing no, no. the name altogether. Oh God, no! And I was like, it's it's so no, complete.
1: It's, it's so complete, and I and I I've thought about changing the name, but I can't because that changes the story. Totally. And the story is what it is, so yeah, I, can, I will never not be Pegs to some capacity.
0: Does everyone think your name is Peg?
1: Yep. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> and people that like I've known for years no they don't know they as a joke will call me
0: peg oh okay well that's cute then
1: yeah oh yeah (laughs) peggy well gretchen in german is margaret and that was my grandmother's name was margaret and they called her peg so in some very you know left turn kind of way yeah 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 it could be peg are you german i'm german and irish
0: cool I come from a very German family. That's why I ask.
1: Yeah, I'm like German, Irish, and Italian.
0: Very cool. All of the I love that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so through all those years of trial and tribulations, do you find that you've continually gone back to one space for inspiration? And like, where have you mostly found inspiration from? Um, that has evolved, for sure.
1: I always go back to art art pieces of art <laughs> always. I love artwork. I wish that I had a better base knowledge of art history. I'm trying to get there, but I absolutely adore it. I like I love going to the Albright Knox. I love going to different gallery shows. I love like exploring different artwork when we go out of town. Um and just even elements of being like traveling. So, I remember I made a pair of like the slope earrings and the landscape earrings essentially came from a trip out to Colorado and they were inspired by the landscape mountains and things like that. Um, there was like the Calder earrings, which are probably like my favorite piece, which obviously inspired by Alexander Calder with his mobiles and and things like that. Um, I would say it, it always either like organic shapes or, the artwork, or honestly, just messing around. Mm-hmm. And then something comes up and then you're like, oh, I kind of like that. I'm going to play off of this and keep working on it, keep working on it. And a lot of going back and forth, back and forth. Like I'll leave things on the bench and come back to it a day or two later, you know, and tweak it and think about it. So
0: I find I do that as well. Yeah. It's very helpful. Oh, absolutely. If you put too much pressure on it, it doesn't work. Yeah. And then randomly just be like, why is it like this? It's got to be like this. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) You get it. You absolutely get it. Totally. So jumping backwards a little bit, tell me like about those early days. Did you start pegs always as full time after you left the ad agency? Well, I, (laughs) I
1: wish (laughs) no. So it was, so when I started pegs, so in at th- those first few years, were muddled with many things. There was a lot of hustling going on. I did pegs. I but I also like worked at Half and Half. I worked at Modern Nostalgia. I walked dogs. I babysat. I dog sat. I cleaned basements. Ew. I did <laughs> everything. Like if somebody wanted to pay me, I did freelance graphic design if somebody wanted to pay me to do something, I would yeah. do it. And again, that all came from like, I will do anything that does not involve me working for someone else. Right, right. So Funky. anything that I could, <laughs> and then I started makers, which I don't know if you remember, cause it was, so I started makers Buffalo, not too long after I started pegs, which was kind of a blessing and a curse. So it was, um, it was right as like all these like craft like craft shop type of places like paint on tap and whatever kind of came up and i wanted to do one more for modern craft but then i quickly realized that i am not a teacher <laughs> and i was not something that i loved doing even though it was successful people really liked it i had a little studio um in the back of modern nostalgia and you know it was fun for a little bit and then it and then it was hard and then it wasn't and it was taking away from pegs and every year I remember every year I did my taxes it was like makers was like the infant and pegs was like the toddler (laughs) and the infant took more time to like just keep alive right and The toddler kept making me more money. And I was like, I miss the toddler. I miss it. (laughs) And I just, my heart was always pegs. And I finally had to come kind of make the hard decision to close Makers. And, And at that point, it was probably almost four or five years in. But I closed Makers. And then pegs just skyrocketed. It was just unbelievable, the trajectory. I focused more on it. I started doing out of town shows. I, you know, I remember my first being the Cleveland Flea, which was incredible.
0: Yes. And is not no. around anymore, which sucks. Yeah. Um I that, like discovered that as as it was, she was closing. Yeah, yeah. I know. But the pictures looked phenomenal. She did a I mean, she
1: did an incredible job. It was an incredible event. I was able to land uh, you know, Fount, which was is you know, was my biggest account is still one of my biggest accounts. Um, and just Cleveland is, Cleveland rocks. Does. <laughs> Cleveland does rock. Yeah, I love yeah. Cleveland. Um, so yeah, that was, that was awesome.
0: This episode is sponsored by An Extra Scoop. If you're anything like me, I wear a million different hats in my day-to-day life as a small business owner. So most days cooking a quality meal for myself is out of the question. That's where An Extra Scoop comes in. Healthy and delicious home-cooked meals prepared right here in Buffalo and delivered to you. The process is simple. With five new menu options posted weekly, you can order the right amount for your lifestyle with no minimums or subscription requirements. Your order arrives pre-portioned and ready to heat. Just throw them in the fridge and take out what you need daily. Whether you're looking for lunch options at the office or a mix of quick grab-and-go choices at home, An Extra Scoop is the perfect way to make deliciously healthy meals a part of your daily routine. And for a limited time, you can take 20% off of your first order by using the code LONGPOD at checkout. Head over to www.anextrascoop.com and use code LONGPOD at checkout for 20% off your first order. Back to the show. For the people who do not know, could you explain a little bit more in depth what Makers is, was?
1: Makers was a DIY workshop for modern craft. So we offered anywhere, for, like Shibori was like one of the biggest ones that we did, which is a, the, the Japanese style, it was like the art of resist dyeing. We did, we offered weaving classes, um... We did... There were some jewelry classes. Uh, one of the biggest ones was we had a wreath-making class for the holidays with Ferncroft. And that sold out in, like, minutes.
0: The girlies love making wreaths.
1: They love them. <laughs> and just... they love them with Erin. Oh, my gosh. Because <laughs> she always did, like, you know, the fun. She always had the different materials, and they were a little bit, like, asymmetric. And, like, you know, it was hot. It was awesome. <laughs> I, I still to this day wish that i could have preserved that first wreath that i made because i loved it it was on my door far longer than it should have (laughs) it was like brown things were falling off of it i didn't care i loved it love it yeah so you were
0: not teaching all these classes
1: no but i was teaching a lot and it was hard because you can't you're constantly you know wrestling with you know the schedule and like the coordination with teachers and supplies and you know yada 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 class signups oh my gosh yeah and there was no forecasting anything and again I did it I started it because I saw a void in the market and I was like this is becoming popular but like I, I was looking at you know the pottery classes or the paint places that only offered one thing and they were cutting their legs off by only offering one thing they didn't evolve so I was like let's do you know, let's do this. Let's, yeah. let's offer a bunch of different things. And then actually that's how I ended up meeting my good friend, Vanessa, who owns MuseJar. She was doing something similar and I started doing some classes out here before I even lived out here. And then when I, uh, you know, eventually when I closed, she absorbed a lot of the materials and classes, which is great, you know, cause she kind of kept that little bit alive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which was cool.
0: I have not been to their new space. Yet. <gasps> it's amazing. Yeah.
1: Yeah, she did a phenomenal job. She's a, she's a workhorse. That one, Van is, yeah, she's my little panda. <laughs>
0: what is that? My mean? little panda.
1: <laughs> like we had the same M and T bank card that was like both of us like were donating my money to the worldwide feder worldwide federation. <laughs> okay. And it was like a panda on the card, and Aww. I don't know, it just like stuck. So now we call each other each other's pandas that's so sweet she's my she's my tp my tiny panda and i'm ep and elder panda (laughs) because i'm old no not that old
0: no goodness me no no i love the goodness me's (laughs) i love it i have to start doing that so talk to me about like initially so makers You threw the infant out the window.
1: I threw the infant out the window. Don't tell anyone.
0: (laughs) So pegs was, was thriving. So this is more of a selfish question for me to ask you, but (laughs) so talk to me about like getting pegs out there because now like everybody knows pegs. Even if people do not know like the makers community, really like they know pegs. It's like its own thing. It's, it's, She's she's thriving. Well, thank you. You're welcome. Like how does how did you find success in getting your name out there? Did you feel like the work spoke for itself or did you really have to like sell the brand as a whole? If that makes sense. I think all of the
1: above. Okay. So, I think that there's layers to that question and I think I had a little bit of luck on my side and I had I was the timing was really quite right for me and um, yeah and I was I did a lot so to dissect that more would be the luck part is and timing essentially where like I was Buffalo was just starting to I shouldn't say just starting but kind of in a way I don't know that that could be wrong but it felt like Buffalo was starting to really come up in the arts kind of um, what am I trying to say small business side hustle creative market kind of feel you did have Queen City Market which is the OG of all the markets but aside from that you know there was a few others but they tended to be dated and um, not that that's bad but in terms of of having a an outlet for, you know, the younger crowd. Um I was probably earlier on, you know, I don't want to say I was one of the first cuz I'm not, but it timing-wise it seemed to work out for me and and I just kind of kept going. I will say this also, knowing Aaron Habes is essential. Icon Absolute, a thousand percent. Erin,
0: I would not be,
1: she does and she's such a connector. Mm -hmm. Like she is a thousand percent a connector. She is responsible for so many people, so many brands in this community, getting to where they have, uh, and me included for sure. I would, I don't know where I would be without Erin, without the opportunities to showcase my things at Mass Appeal or Runway or, her introducing me to different boutique owners and, and things like that. And um, and then on the other, you know, on the converse, I was at every show. And then I also prided myself on standing behind every single piece. So the customer service, I mean, down to if somebody had a knot in their chain, I would go to their house and unknot the chain, which is wow. insane. Which cannot happen anymore. I'm sorry. <laughs> you gotta come here. Right? You gotta come to the you gotta come to the shop, or just you know take a take a needle. Like it's <laughs> it's not hard. But um, again, like I I took every opportunity that I could because because you have that that fear of oh my god if I don't do this is it gonna go away oh my god if I don't do this am I gonna have to get a real job. Um, that I would just, I would do it, I would do it, and I would try to do it well. And then the other part was I offered something, I think, for everyone. One of the, one thing that I realized, and it took me a really long time to figure this out, was that my value proposition, which is a word that I found out even existed from going through that MWEE program at UB, um, is the fact that my line is ageless and that helps also because i can outfit your 14 year old and the you know 45 year old mother that go you know so having that range and then the price point i i do think that i if i have any sort of knack it's market value i can kind of read the market a little bit and see what it's harder now it's really hard now because supply costs have gone up so much that I'm being pushed out of my comfort zone of price point. But I think so is everyone. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I would say that that's probably, that's, that's probably how, you know, and then 11 years, it's just, you know, I, I feel like people are sick of me at this point. Cause it's like, no, go away. <laughs> but I see so many newbies and I love it. I love it. I love seeing new people on the scene. I love um, going to a market and, and and seeing somebody I've never seen before. And I'm like, yes, keep doing it. Keep, yeah. keep trying. You definitely. Know, keep after it. And if you really love it, take the leap. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah.
0: You only got one life.
1: Do it. Why not? Do it, do it.
0: Yeah. I definitely feel that with like, The feeling of being needing to be everywhere and every market, and you don't know what's gonna stick, and the most random things stick.
1: Yeah, yeah. But you just you gotta keep you gotta keep trying because if it's your dream, I mean, you keep plugging away at it, and you find other things to keep it floating. Totally. Yeah.
0: Amen. Amen. Excellent segue to all of this. So let's talk about now the forever bands. Okay. I feel like you are. Did you? I feel like you are like the pioneer of it as a concept as a whole. Oh no, <laughs> oh god no, oh god. <laughs> I would love
1: to. I feel bad for. It's it's one. It's between one of two people. It's either Hannah Keefe, who is a jeweler in LA, or it's Catbird, who is in hmm. New York. So I can't quite decipher who did it first. But they're they're the pioneers. Got it. They started. Probably a decade ago, okay. at least. Um, Catbird, I know, like has now trademarked the term zapping in terms of it. What does it. that mean? So, like, getting zapped. Huh. Essentially, when they use that little welder to, mm. like, okay. permanently affix it. Yeah, yeah. I am, though, absolutely the first one that brought it here. And totally. I did have a mini heart attack doing that because I was, like, terrified that I was, like, I don't want to do something that somebody else is doing, but then... It was quickly, uh, I was quickly um, calmed by two friends who have purchased permanent bracelets in Toronto and then I found a place in, in uh, Nashville and I was like, okay, I'm not, <laughs> this is, we're good. So the first time I did it was for a Galentine's Day event at Half and Half and Kilby, actually Kilby who owns Half and Half was the one who was like the one who got the bracelet in Toronto and she's like, you should do these. And I was like, you know, I don't have, I don't have that like zapper tool. I don't mm-hmm. even know what that zapper tool is. It's intense. It's intense. It's, it's, it's actually unnecessary, <gasps> but I'll get into that. Whoa. I'll get into that and I'll explain to you why I, th- I think it's unnecessary. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I was like, I bet you I can just do this with a jump ring and you know, We can, we can do like market as, you know, friendship bracelets. So I did it. It was successful. I did it there and I did one at, um, Muse Jar and they were really successful and people liked them. And that was February of 2020. And then COVID hit and that, that squashed all (laughs) production of the bracelets. And then in the summer, I kind of, you know, did outdoor events and was doing them and, for probably a year, year and a half, like it was kinda steady, and then social media caught wind of this and it was like it ignited a fire I've never seen in my life. It was insane. It just surged and everybody wanted them. And everybody was trying like clamoring around to get them and I for a probably a solid year was the only one doing them in Buffalo. So I had people from Rochester coming in. I had people from Syracuse coming in. Wow. It was crazy. And then there would be lines for four hours straight. <laughs> four hours. I would have a four-hour pop-up. Yeah. And for four hours, it was constant. Wow. Which was awesome. Yeah. It's good And also like, have. holy, you know, like yeah. just shocking. And then slowly but surely, like anything, you know, people start coming on the scene and it's their side hustle or whatever and, um you know, that it slows down. Like I can tell right now it started to slow down. But it's also like, has and hasn't. I'm still, you know, doing... I, I feel honestly also like I've put a bracelet on every single human in Buffalo, New York of some sort. <laughs> um, so I'm like, who's left? <laughs> but I am trying to kind of stay ahead and and one thing that I do, you know, remind myself when I start getting a little worried about this kind of, you know, competition is that I do have a base knowledge of jewelry, probably more so than they do because it's not something that, you know, they've done for 11 years or have any formal education of it's not that I even have formal education of it, it's just doing it. So, you know, with the summer slices you know the bracelets that had the watermelon tourmalines in them for the summer and now just recently i i launched the bangles Mm -hmm. which are kind of fun so i'm trying to kind of stay ahead of the curve a little bit with just offering you know more options you know and custom and um if people want it adapted in any way like oh i like this chain but i you know i want it with this this stone or whatever it might be that can happen um but going back to my (laughs) your debunking my debunking of the zapper (laughs) so you do need the zapper so when somebody like capper having the zapper makes sense to me because they're doing solid gold and they're doing very fine chain, but I don't believe, and I've I've kind of gone back and forth on whether or not I want to like admit this,
0: <laughs> mainly
1: because I, for a few reasons I don't know, <laughs> mainly because I'm I'm like I don't want people to just start doing what I'm doing. It's just easier to not have that to be yeah. dapper um it looks like medical equipment (laughs) it's very big it's you know it's expensive and it requires you having like a you know a tank of gas attached to it which you know is a little unnerving lugging that around yes yeah and you have to know exactly what you're doing and there's also something to be said about you know what they're zapping so you know a lot of a lot of the new newbies on the the scene are offering gold filled, which is perfect, which is exactly what I'm offering, but they're also using gold filled jump rings to zap. And that's not the best option to use because you're exposing that core of jeweler's brass, which is then going to turn black. If you're going to zap anything, it's got to be a solid metal. So you got to get solid gold jump rings and things like that. And, and that's more so, you know, for anyone that's listening out there, that if this is your side hustle, buy yourself some solid gold jump rings, it will help. Um,
0: I feel like that's pretty life-changing advice, quite I mean,
1: frankly. It could be. I don't know. It's fine. You know what? I kind of also, at this point, it's like I have to, what will be, will be, you know, I'm I'm trying to kind of let go a little bit and, and just believe, and if the bracelets slow down for me, then it'll give me more time to focus on the jewelry and I'll make more of a push for that. So I'm, that is one thing that I will say helps with being in this game for as long as I have been. And I'm still early. I'm still young in some certain capacities, but that first year when you're green, oh my God, first and second year, it's like anything that happens, you're like, oh my God, this is it. Yep. Or it's like, somebody has something similar to yours it's like soul crushing and the longer you're in it the more you're like eh, it's fine <laughs> it's okay like no big deal like you just try to stay on top of it and really it, what it should do is it should up your game yep like use it as use it to your benefit
0: yeah totally to yeah get better i feel like i'm entering year six i feel like i'm just starting to like be like all right you're doing okay yeah you are like you're doing great
1: and you're branching out trying and you're getting different you know i i look at it, i'm like oh i love those headbands <laughs> i think they're so <laughs> cute like that kind of stuff
0: i'm like i kind of i'm like ashton do more of this kind of stuff okay yeah well i mean like I mean, it's you with the bracelets. Like, you gotta have, you gotta something, have something that like,
1: brings the people into the brand. You got
0: it. You got it.
1: That's an yeah. easier price point, and yeah, you have that like sliding scale. Man, the girlies love those bracelets. Oh my gosh! Thank God! Thank God! <laughs> Come see me. No, I mean, I got my bracelet. I have, I have, <laughs> I have mine on. I had the bangle on. I had to take it off though because they needed it for uh, to basically dissect. Mm. It was my prototype, so I needed to back back off of my off of my wrist.
0: It's a very cool concept,
1: yeah I mean
0: this is good timing because it's just coming on the scene to yes, talk about it
1: yes, the bangle I'm quite excited about and the bangle you know it can be it it the intent is it's permanent but it doesn't have to be i it can be outfitted with a clasp so that if people don't want it to be permanent it doesn't have to be right, but it's a nice you know it's different mm-hmm It's a different add-on to your, you know, the stack, the bracelet stack.
0: So going back to taking 11 years of everything that you've learned, what would you say are have become the easiest parts and what have been the most challenging as a whole?
1: The easiest parts would be seeing like how like amped up people get or when they come back to me with a piece they've had for like so many years that has become so sentimental to them. I get a lot of like, oh, you know, my chain broke on this necklace. I've worn it every day for like three years. Like, you know, I can't stand not having it on, you know, can I buy a real? replacement chain like yeah of course you know or I can repair it depending I I still have people coming and asking me to fix their coordinates necklaces because there's some you know they've become attached to it and um I love that or you know making a piece for somebody for a you know a special occasion whether it be a wedding or a birthday or you know whatever it might be something that's sentimental to them or, or bringing me something that you know needs an adjustment that was sentimental like that's the kind of stuff it's also cool to to see it out in the community and to i remember the first time i walked past somebody wearing a pair of pegs earrings i i almost stopped them in the street (laughs) i was so excited it was like right outside of acropolis and this girl walks by me and she's wearing the button earrings and i'm like Oh, i made those those." Um, and that was really cool. And then the hard, I would say, challenging in a in a good way, but but definitely challenging was navigating how to do it with kids. For sure, it's been it's been a it's been a time. <laughs> it's it's been a time. It's hard, um, but you know, again, you figure it out. Totally. And you find yourself a really good partner like I have who will work with you and, you know, share the burden, probably shares the most burden. <laughs> Al's a saint. You're a saint, honey. <laughs> I love you. Another icon. <laughs> another icon. Yeah, another, definitely another icon for sure. Um, but yeah, those are that would probably be, be the, the most challenging thing yeah. for me. Mm-hmm.
0: If you had, I mean, like, just to peel back the curtain. I'm 29. Everyone's oh like, "I have kids, I have kids, I have kids." But I feel like ARW was my kid. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So, like, if you had like one short piece of advice, what would that be? Of like foster that children
1: that. or that child. Keep keep going. Like, I didn't have kids. I had Ollie when I was 37, and Jack. That makes so much sense. Two to weeks me. before I was 40, I will say this: your body is like. <sighs> what's happening like you're mentally way more prepared you know you're more established you're financially a little more secure like there's so many there's so many more benefits of having children older but one of the big drawbacks is like your body is like okay <laughs> this is this is difficult but you have a lot of time, Ashton. I, I mean, like, I'm a baby. Yeah, That's how you, I. Feel. You, you do not. There is. You have eons at this point. Oh yes. Keep going. You know, you have like you got like a middle schooler right now. I of, I
0: am a middle schooler. Well, you're
1: a middle <laughs> schooler, and like I would say, ARW is like, and it's you know, the age of a, you know, yeah, middle school, elementary school. It's like first grade, totally first, second grade. Yeah, Mm-mm. yeah. <laughs> Just keep keep going. Keep keep doing that. Keep devising, you know, like figure out what you want to... One of the coolest things that I ever did, and I totally suggest it. Poor Aaron Habes, just <laughs> throwing her all this stuff. But Aaron did a creative brainstorming session with me with Pegs years ago, and it was really great because that's what, it gave me a plan.
0: What do you mean by like a creative brainstorming? It,
1: it was essentially, you know, you sit down, you pick out a group of, probably like six to eight different people that you would want, doesn't have to be friends, but people that you would value their opinion on how they think that, you know, you could like navigate your business or if they have ideas or things like that. And then it, it's essentially Aaron would like led us through a series of questions. And then you had like a bunch of post-it, everyone gets like a stack of post-it notes and you would write that. And then you'd write whatever you thought was pertinent for the question and then she'd put it up on this board and then, you know, slowly but surely, you know, you're kind of like siphoning these things down more and more based off of like what the client or at the time I liked or disliked. And then it gave you an outline of like, okay, in the next two months, these are the goals. In the next like eight months, these are the goals. What are your goals like a year from now? Like things to hit that would give you like a plan and a timeline and it made it a lot easier. I'm in a different spot right now, but where you are, absolutely, I think that would be so good because you're at a crossroads, it seems. Like, okay, which direction am I gonna go? Like, do I wanna keep doing the circuit of pop-ups and markets out of town? Do I wanna like focus on wholesale? You know, what are the pros and cons? And yeah, something like that would be beneficial. What a cool
0: idea. I've never heard of anything like that.
1: Creative brainstorming. Wow. I think, you know, call Aaron. Yeah. Poor Aaron. (laughs) Everyone call Aaron Habes if you need help, basically.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And then what do you like the people who come? Are you like, you get a free piece? Oh, well, a lot of them were
1: your friends. Mm, And like, it was kind of, they've all gotten free pieces at some point in time. But uh, no, it was more so, you know, you do it for them, you know, they do it for you, you do it for them kind of a thing. Like it's more of like, it's just a nice, I think it was kind of fun for everyone to kind of witness that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love that.
1: Yeah. It was great. Well, super cool. If you ever do it, let me know. I'll be happy to be on your panel.
0: Talk off. Yeah. Okay. Off the mic. Sounds good. (laughs) Sounds good. But talk to me about the future of pegs.
1: Oh, Where is she God. going? Where is she going? <laughs> Can you tell me that? Because I don't know. Um, that is a really good question. So this past year has been a blip for pegs, like a little bit. I've had a lot of external things going on. So I've unfortunately had to put like the growth of pegs a little bit on the back burner. So we're just kind of coasting at this point. But in terms of where I would like to see pegs is I would like to see it grow to a point where I could do probably wholesale, like at a larger volume, have a functioning production studio like five days a week where I have somebody in here, multiple people in here producing um, and getting it really out there. I mean, there's, there's jewelry houses. I think one's Baleen. There's a Hello Adorn. They're big production, like probably have 20-ish plus employees. And I think it's it's direct to consumer and then wholesale. And that's that's I, I would like to do. That's where I would see pegs going. There's a lot that needs to happen in order for that to happen. Um, at this point, the short-term goals are really tightening up processes. So implementing proper procedures, getting things dialed in so that you don't have to have like a lot of jewelry knowledge you know in order to come work even people that do i mean i have i have three amazing women that help me um, with both the bracelets pop-ups and production or both and two of them have very extensive jewelry backgrounds and it's hard for them because with me, I've developed all of these workarounds (laughs) because I was never formally like taught. So I've come up with my own. (laughs) So it's always funny because I'm like, Oh no, do it this way. And like, I definitely like, I think sometimes Kate and Wall are like, what What are you doing? (laughs) Crazy girl. Um, so it, it takes, it takes a while to train someone. So it's hard. Uh, which is why, you know, this is where al comes back in my husband i need him to make me jigs and we need to like and i need to sit down and do this as well so that that that's short-term goal long-term goal would be probably bigger direct to consumer market and wholesale
0: and that's the beauty of working for yourself yeah absolutely you could take wherever you want yeah
1: well and i need my kids to be a little bit older yeah and then you can hire them sufficient yeah exactly (laughs) Child labor laws.
0: You get one, and Al gets
1: one. I know you can actually. I think you can actually do that in New York State. I want to say you can actually. Yes, like technically, (laughs) write your children off or something. I don't know. I have to like ask my accountant again. I don't know how that works. So many things. So many things. Find yourselves a good accountant too. If anyone has any suggestions, I'm I'm in need of one. I'm in need of one as well. Great. Like, please write (laughs) into.
0: Right into this podcast and let <laughs> Give us, us your know, racks, please. Yes, please. I don't have. I mean, I'd like. I've gone through three. I do my R.W. taxes like. with my taxes. I don't have an accountant. That's so silly.
1: Well, yeah, we need an accountant at this point. There's too many things tied in mortgages and yeah. There's too many things. Amen. Too much equipment. Alice, too much equipment. <laughs> but yeah, yes. Get yourself a good accountant. Yeah
0: people people will come through
1: yes please people posted yes please let me know i would love i would love somebody that is a little bit more progressive who might have a base knowledge in small business would be uh, chef's kiss
0: and for those who are new on the scene maybe focus in small business that's a a smart well
1: absolutely i mean i'm going to be working with catbird consultant catbird consulting courtney after the new year and I can't wait because she's I think gonna she's essential for people around here I think I know of two other companies or two other small businesses that I've worked with her love her I've heard nothing but good things so I'm very excited to Hmm. get going
0: she also listens to the pod shout out oh shout
1: out to (laughs) shout out to catbird consulting (laughs) courtney I can't wait. I'm excited. That'll be really fun. I'm excited for next year. Yes, you know what? Bring on 2024. Yeah, I'm not a fan of 2023. No, I'm over it. Same. I, I I'm I hope that everyone had a decent year and, but I'm excited for. I'm a excited fresh for fresh late. Yep. Yeah, I'm yeah. I like the even numbers. Wait,
0: I literally said that the other day. Did you? Yeah, I like the. Yeah, hey, I'm an even number kind of gal. I am as well yeah. give me the even numbers odd numbers eh. honestly like about March I was like this, this is not the year
1: no <laughs> I could yeah same same girl same 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 no thank you
0: and on that note we've come to the end okay this was great <laughs> I'm so glad thanks Ashton <laughs> no thank you oh this was fantastic good I'm glad so the final question plug yourself where can people find you how can oh. people shop
1: Okay, well um I'm in half and half. I am newly at the Albright Knox. They probably have the most right now. Um where else? I
0: still haven't been to the new What? Oh my god, so silly of me.
1: It's beautiful. I love being I love being there. It's just it's it's so nice, it's so calming. The new building is phenomenal. And then how they restructured the artwork in the old building to be more chronological, I love. What a good idea. Um, So yes, Albright Knox, half and half. And then out here would be Muse Jar. And then you obviously can find me in the studio by appointment. Beautiful studio. So thank you. (laughs) In Easter (laughs) also. But yes, all of the bracelets are done by appointment, which you can book on my website www.pegshardware.com. Instagram. If you're in Cleveland, check out Fount. I did, I have actually, I used to have a lot of wholesale and I've kind of slimmed down on that because it was hard to, it's with the bracelets, it's been hard to do both. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, those are the places and pop-ups. I will be at the AVA Collective Show coming up uh, yeah it's, it was November 17th 12th 12th when this not comes- the 17th <laughs> don't show up at resurgence on the 17th you <laughs> can you can but we don't won't be there shop. yeah we won't be
0: there so this comes out the week of the market so perfect
1: oh cool yeah this is awesome so yeah we'll be at the AVA and uh a few other places after that I gotta get that schedule <laughs> up and running
0: <laughs> woohoo so, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I was going to say thank you for being here, but I'm in. This is Thank Peg's you for house. being here. You're in Pike's house. This is fantastic. Thank you
1: for being here. This is really cool. I like your mobile setup.
0: Oh, thank you. And thank you, everyone, for listening to another episode of Long Story Long. Goodbye yes. now.